Hello and welcome to episode number 212 of Grumpy Old Benz. It's the I Hate Tech Tech Show for February 8th, 2023. It's Wednesday and I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac where I may not be all that smart, but I talk way better than Joe Biden does. And from America's left coast where the only state of the onion that I care about is that it's in the frying pan with butter. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Ooh, I do love a nice onion butter it caramelizes you get that little crispy black beautiful stuff happening and then you caramelize and then you throw them on top of a big burger and you got yourself a night yeah it's way better than watching an 80 year old geezer virtue signal and lie on national television i couldn't i i watched like the last 10 minutes which i'm you know i'm not sure because from what i've read he was worse at the beginning but at the end, it was by the end, the the lies had mostly petered out and he was just being unintelligible and yelling at the beginning. He's like, I I tried like right at the beginning and I got four minutes in. And after about the fifth time, I'm like, he's just straight up lying to take credit for something that he has nothing to. He doesn't even know what's going on, let alone have anything to do with like I could. Yes. And then I tried to catch i'm like okay well i'll get all the salient points from uh the rebuttal from uh huckabee was it yes i couldn't fucking watch that either she was too calm she was just way too and it's weird when they do the rebuttals it's really weird because they're not in front of an audience so it seems very it seems very fake i mean i get it but it's just well, that's weird politics for you. Yes. It's very weird to see a politician get to talk for like 15 minutes with silence and nobody interrupting them or asking any questions. So it was a little bit weird, but she made yeah, some decent I, points, but I just kind of read the transcript of both what Biden said. And I, honestly, said. I gave up and read the memes. The memes are probably more entertaining and, and more informative. I think, I don't know. They, they brought Sanders in because uh, you know, the Republican Party wants to throw in the face that, you know, Biden is an 80 year old man and the oldest president ever. And and Huckabee is. is like, it's it's a woman and the youngest state governor. And and look, we're you know, we can talk about demographics, too. And she just sounded like every other Republican with a prepared speech. Oh, very boring. Yeah, we want something a little more exciting. I like the way the UK does it. They're a little bit more in your face. There's a little more uh, mudslinging going on. Which there was a little of that, I guess. I didn't see most heard, of it. Well, I, I heard a brief rumor yesterday, and maybe the videos will come out. I haven't seen it, that uh, Donald Trump was going to give a rebuttal. Now, that would be something <laughs> I would watch. That would be entertaining. That would be I, I don't know if it would have any fewer lies. I don't know if there'd be any less grandstanding, but he's entertaining. He'll take different credit for different things. And it's all just hard to watch. And that really, when it comes down to it, it makes the United States, which was once, I think Ronald Reagan said the, you know, shining house on the hill or the beacon of light on the hill where now not so much. I mean, we're just looking (laughs) like a banana Republic now. Yeah. The a hive of wretched hive of scum and villainy. Ah, yes. I've never seen a bigger hive of scum and villainy except United States of America. Yeah. But yeah, something like, I mean, we are kind of a tech show and he did try to go after big tech as, as, as Nam pointed out right before the show, the, this is the show that 
you come to to hear tech guys talk about hating on tech. Yeah. And the reason is because if you want to show where people who love tech and come all over it and just gush and that's every other tech podcast in the world. Yeah, you want to win. We're here to show you why you know technology may or may not be legitimately cool, but don't just trust everything about it. There are bad people. It's it's good tech being controlled by bad people. That's the thing that gets me steamed. And I broke. I mean, that was my whole random thoughts, which I need to still do chapters on that. I'll be releasing today covers should, the Biden. Have you considered we should start comparing notes? Maybe so that so that I don't <laughs> bring up topics that are exactly what you talked about a half hour ago. But it's OK, because see, then you get a different viewpoint on this. And, the you know, the tech stuff, I think, does need a little bit of breaking down again, because, again, beyond my don't let your kids on the Internet theory, which would take care of so many things. I took a little umbrage yeah. and, and then don't let yourself on the Internet or right. elders or anyone. Oh, yeah, it would be helpful. But Biden said, quote, you know, we must pass bipartisan legislation to strengthen antitrust enforcement, prevent big online platforms from giving their own products an unfair advantage. Well, that's one bit. And then he said, we must finally hold social media companies accountable for the experiment they're running on our children for profit. Now. If he would have left the for profit out, I would have had a lot more respect for him. It's like, I don't understand. You're saying they're experimenting on our children. That seems like a bad thing. But you're only mad because they're doing it for profit. That seems a little bit wrong on its own. Well, he's also mad that they're using up the important natural resource of the children because he wants to smell them, I guess. I yeah, think. he needs all of that. Uh, what do you call it? The end of Dakota so Chrome. No, that was the uh, song by uh, Kodachrome. Yes. Yeah. He needs to inject some Kodachrome and, right. then, the end and then go listen to Adrenochrome. Adrenochrome. Yes, that's it. That's what he needs. I'm like, well, what is the experiment they're running? You mean having social media outlets? What experiment are they running on the children except the idiot kids are posted on the TikTok? They're posted on the gram. They're posted on whatever. What what is the social experiment they're running on the children? I, I never. To be honest, I would have a lot more respect for social media companies if profit was their main motivation, which it should be because capitalism. But there are a lot of social media companies and and Silicon Valley places out there now where they're like, eh, money's free. Investors will just keep paying us until. Until our business model finally doesn't pan out and then we'll just go out of business and start a new one with new investment funds. That's fine. So we don't care about money. Let's be woke. Right. We'll make all our money when we sell our user list when we're going bankrupt. Well, again, even even if that was the only if if the money, if that was the only thing they cared about, then that'd probably be fine. But the idea that, oh, well, we've got money. We don't care about money. Let's Let's be activists. Let's push our social causes on people. It is far more infuriating to me. Well, he talked about big tech. Biden did collecting personal data on kids and teenagers online. And he says we have to ban targeted advertising to children. I'm like, well, then they're not going to be allowed anywhere because here's how it works. All of these sites overall make their money on advertising. So if you come in with a whole bunch of people, it doesn't matter why, in this case, they're children. But if you come in with a whole bunch of people and you go, 
Well, legally, you cannot monetize these motherfuckers. <laughs> what do you think these companies are going to be like? Well, then we don't want them on our site. That's pretty much exactly how COPPA worked out. Uh-huh. Well, that didn't really work out. It was supposed to work out that way. But you know what happened then when children got to the website and it's like, are you over the age of 13? They clicked yes. And they put a birth date in that made them older. Yes. Yes. Like one of my favorite statistics about the Steam game service is that 70% of the people who use their website were born on January 1st. Mysteriously. It's just a demographic weirdness in the same year that would make them legal that year when it was signed up with yeah or or 1901 or whatever right well that too i'm just very old i'm playing games i'm really old Uh, why yes i am 123 why do you ask but this concept that you can't advertise to children it's like here's an idea then don't let them on the internet you know this is not going to work or if you go if they have to then say they're over 18 they're going to say they're over 18 then how are you going to hold social media companies responsible once kids start lying and saying they're over 18 it's like well you can't then and you know if you go to this point we've already talked at length what happened in the uk when they're like well you need an id if you're gonna view porn it's like well that didn't work out for obvious reasons but you don't think there's enough parents out there that the kids would just either take their parents id or the parent would be like well fuck i don't care if you're on social media so yeah just put in my license and then that'll be you it's it's not going to work. This concept that kids are the these tech companies can one treat them differently than the adults. That's never going to happen. And two, hey parents, do your fucking jobs. That's the only solution. Uh huh. That that's the only way we get. A, I I I can't. I cannot get behind. Uh, you know, as much as it it seems like on the first order, it would solve a lot. I cannot get behind somebody just saying, oh well, just you know, ban all kids from the internet or whatever, you know, or all kids under a certain age or something uh, for two reasons. One is, you know, three, actually one, they'll lie. Right. Uh, two, their parents uh, will ages, lie. ages arbitrary. And frankly, not a particularly good proxy for maturity. Uh, you know, there, there are people who had to get out and do their own thing. So at 16 are surprisingly adult. And there are people who are 38 and living in their parents' basement and have never matured. That is true. And I've argued with each and every one of them online, in fact. But. (laughs) Well, you have to. uh, I mean, it keeps them on their toes. The other reason is uh, if if you say uh, you can't see this. I mean, it's effectively it's a form of censorship. You're censoring the Internet from people. And maybe that's for their own good. And that's definitely a decision for the parents to make. But if you say you can't see this content, well, then. Once you get to be adult, whatever the criteria are, you're going to be completely unprepared for experiencing the world because the world is frankly out online. And the the correct way to prepare a human being for seeing things that are scary is not shield them from it. We you would think that that 30 years of of zero tolerance and no bullying and and uh, you know, pe- putting kids in bubbles, we would have figured this out by now. The way that you prepare a human being for an ugly world is you introduce them to it in a controlled environment with a responsible person nearby. So if you can figure out if there are any responsible parents left out there. (laughs) Yeah. And I think you're wrong. I think they do know exactly what they're doing. I think that the people that put all of this into motion, the everybody gets a trophy, the we all need to have a safe space in a happy zone, knew they were fucking up these kids for the rest of their lives. 
I no fully doubt. believe they knew what they were doing. And this was just part of the plan of, well, then, then they're going to they're going to embrace the government. They're going to be so scared. They'll vote Democrat because the Democrats are going to say, we'll take care of you. My I, wife said it. I don't. Does anybody else agree with this? I kind of do. Once she Sounds said like it, you do. just the last few minutes of watching the Biden speech, every time they cut to the Democrats in the chamber that were applauding, she's like, why do most Democrats look like Bond villains? <laughs> and I'm like, you, they, they kind of do. <laughs> I'm sure there's a. Yeah, they kind of do. Uh, and, and part of it, I don't know if they're trying to cultivate that or if it's just accidental or, or subconscious or, you know, maybe maybe the fertile future that comic book writers came up with was they tapped into future i don't know i i'm 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 not sure where i'm going with murray says it's just the demon showing that it may be well there was one thing that i actually did notice i saw a couple memes about it that always helps notice was uh that if you look at the republican side almost all of them were wearing some kind of pin that had uh, uh, an America message or most were American flag or whatever. There were no American flags pinned to any of the front of the Democrats. They hate America. They really do. There were some of them who even had pins that said stuff like abortion. Right. Right. Which is Joe Biden says that that is the greatest thing you can do is kill a baby, which, which might actually be a comment on Biden's speech. I'm not really sure. Maybe, but. maybe because he wanted to re- He said in the beginning of his speech that, He's been working to restore the soul of the country. And I'm like, by why did you eat it? I know. Why are you doing that? I don't understand. (laughs) I do not understand how at all. And he's saying stuff like, oh, I have been working for unity over the last two years. Like, no, you haven't. The the root problem with build back better is that you have to destroy it first. Uh Congratulations, Joe. You've just spent two years working your hardest to do that because the country (laughs) is a horrible place. Don't you understand? Except all of these people from everywhere else in the world wants to come here. That's how bad it is. Or how about the fact that they basically put up barbed wire fences around Congress building in order to have this because they was afraid, you know, of what's I mean, because they know that the average American is really fucking pissed with them right now. Right. But what about the unity, Joe? If there's unity, you don't need barbed wire fences. Yeah, that was that was definitely part of the message that made me turn away was every single time he'd like almost in the same sentence out of one side of his mouth, he'd preach that we need unity and we all need to come together. And out of the other side of his mouth, like a very next sentence, he's saying stuff like, and my political opponents are all evil, inhuman cretins. Well, yeah, and they're blaming the leftist lunatic that went after Pelosi. You might Trump. want unity, uh-huh. but you suck at it. Yes, you're not doing it. You're not doing a good job. You are not bringing people together. Although when he did make the comment that he believed most cops were good people, I thought Kamala Harris's eyes were going to explode. You could just see the look on her face was well worth watching just that little part because she was like, eh. <laughs> it was it was kind of humorous to watch. But, uh, well, I mean, I don't disagree with that, believe it or not. It's one of the few things I don't think is a lie. I think most cops are good people. Yeah. I think the problem with the policing profession is not that, oh, 70 percent of them are bad. Only like three percent or, you know, I, I, I pulled that number out. I don't know what the number is. A small percent are bad. The problem with the overall profession is that everybody who tolerates the badness is complicit and right. that's not helping anyone. 
No, I mean, that is one thing. It's like cops that commit crimes need to be persecuted. Well, prosecuted, well, persecuted too. <laughs> but this is like, something where I look at, you know, normally I'm not like we need to carve something out to give a greater penalty to one particular group. But since you ask for the job of being a cop, I think if you're a cop and you break the law and use your position to do so, that maybe you should have a harsher penalty if you break the law. No, that, that's that's not how it works. Qualified immunity, they have no penalty if they break the law. That's, well, no, that's, that's not, how qualified immunity works. That is not true because we've seen cops get prosecuted. <laughs> and, you know, look at the Derek yeah, when Chauvin case. it's politically case. convenient. Well, there's always that. But the problem with not having some kind of immunity is if every cop, every time he brings somebody in, can be sued in a civil court, could be like, oh, no, he didn't use my proper pronoun, so I'm suing him. Well, then the courts would be completely overrun. So there's got to be some well, of there's got to be some buffer, but it can't be complete. There's no doubt about that. I, I agree with you that people should not be able to sue each other over stupid shit. What I'm saying is, why should it only be cops that have that protection? Well, it's just the protection when you're doing your job. And I mean, even doctors deserve a certain amount of that. We all know doctors buy insurance for it. Why don't cops have to buy insurance? Maybe they should. Maybe that should be a part of the deal. Maybe that's the solution or a solution. Right. Have the union. They're going to cover it no matter what. And that's part of your union dues because, you know, you're going to get the frivolous lawsuit. Then the other thing you do is if a convict, if a career criminal comes in and complains that a cop didn't use his correct pronoun, well, then maybe you uh, you put all the fees on them or as they should with all of these court cases that have been proven to have no weight behind them that are frivolous Uh, the the phrase that more judges need to be using for things like you use the wrong pronoun is the phrase is dismissed with prejudice yes adios motherfucker and and then all of the tweets can be like he has said he has prejudice he hates you know okay whatever (laughs) you don't know nothing about go read a legal dictionary well they they, yeah they have to because that was the other thing that i had pulled out of joey's speech was uh, the Supreme Court took away the rights of women. It's like, I don't think you understand how the Supreme Court works, Joey. See, I put that down as, um, a, what do we call it? A lie. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> what do we, what do we call this thing that's been coming out of his mouth? Lies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's certainly not the first politician who lies. He just happens to be very, very good at it. And, and I, you know, through years of no agenda and, and years of distrusting authority before that, I recognize when somebody is lying to me. And you know what? Joe did that a lot because they can do way better. Explain how the system works and explain that this became a state's issue. And thus, if people really want it to become a federal issue, then it needs to be passed through Congress. A law has to be written and then it has to go through the House. It has to go through the Senate. And then the president can sign off or veto it. But Congress ain't nobody got time for that. Just yeah, issue busy. an executive order. Those have the force of law, right? Not really. They're too busy sorry, giving I money keep, to I, Ukraine. My sarcasm keeps popping out. But this is all that had to be done. And as I think we pointed out here when we talked about this not that long ago, we had a time in the very recent past. I mean, let's forget you only had four years of Donald Trump. If you go back six years, you had Barack Obama. Joe Biden, as president and vice president, you had a Democrat-controlled House for a while, a Democrat-controlled Senate at the same time. So they had the ability to pass yeah. whatever the frig they wanted. And mysteriously, they did not pass.
pass a law through Congress to codify Roe v. Wade. No, it's like they didn't care about it. Well, it's almost like they really just wanted the controversy to be alive so that they could drive people to the polls. Uh huh. Well, and then they say that they don't want uh, people to be, you know, wrongfully turned away. Everybody should have the right to vote. You know, even the people that don't have the right to vote or, or the people who aren't people or don't exist. Uh -huh. or <laughs> yeah, we don't need to check those signatures. No, that's not important. We don't need to verify that the people placing the votes are actually those people. No, that's not important. But it's very we, important we, not to squash the vote. I'm sorry. Do you, let's start with maybe verifying that. Uh, like, oh, how about one person, one ballot? Can, yeah. can we just get to that point? I bet we could make a lot of progress just by like, let's stop the ballot stuffing. Wouldn't that be nice? It's yeah, go ask Mr. Daly how that's working out. That's the hilarity of that is that the Democrats say this kind of stuff. And it's like, but it's your side that's pushing for the fraud it's just the fraud you want well i uh, i got i got into this argument with an acquaintance from well uh, let's just say he lives in this greater seattle area so i don't need to tell you that you know i'm kind of alone out here amongst a whole bunch of people who eat the democrat line but uh the argument was basically i was talking about the democrat party as uh you know in both washington state and uh, the federally, the other Washington is stuffing ballot boxes, creating fraudulent elections. And they're like, well, both parties do that. So you can't really blame the Democrats. I'm like, hold on though. And here was, here was my argument. Let me see if you follow this. Take everybody out there who is talking about elections. Who are the ones who want election security and who are the ones who are expending a ridiculous amount of political capital to defeat election security? That tells me everything I need to know about whether or not there's one party cheating more than the other. Yeah, that would make sense. That's a pretty easy litmus test. Yeah, it, it, if if you are against the idea of more security around or of more secure elections, then that means you're cheating. That that's rule of thumb. But no, we just don't want to keep people from getting to be able to vote. Don't you get it? You don't want to keep. You know, people who shouldn't be allowed to vote from being able to vote. Right. Because these are the same people that somehow find ways to buy cigarettes and buy alcohol and all of these other things that require an ID, drive a car. Somehow they can find ID for all of those things, but not oh, to vote. That is absolutely the stupidest argument ever saying, oh, well, black people <laughs> don't carry ID, right. so they they won't be able to vote. And that's racist. Like, excuse me, go ask any black person in a Democrat city. Do you carry ID? They're like, yes. If I go, if I step outside onto my back porch to pee, I am carrying my ID because there might be a cop there with a stop and frisk going on. It is uh, the, the line that they give, which is such a racist line. Like the poor black yeah. people, they can't even carry an ID. And, and also what, what kind of racist shit is this that, oh, black people are the only ones stupid enough not to take your ID when you got to do something like vote. Uh-huh. Like, oh, yeah, all, all of the other races are way smarter than blacks because they just remember their idea. It's only blacks that forget. Boy, is that a really discriminatory lie that like, man, if, if you need another example, not that you do of of the the CRT movement being the most racist ideology that we have heard in the last 50 years. Well, it comes around at the time when things were starting to get better and people were like, wait, 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 we can't have this. 
People getting along? No. We don't like that. Yeah. Well, that's that's why MLK, all of his words were canceled. They only use his face and his name for streets now. Yeah, we can't have that that disruptive message of, of, you know, everybody being equal. Yes. Which, you know, interacting together, getting along. I never heard the, well, then give us millions of dollars in reparation money because your great, 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 great grandfathers did this. Like, uh, it doesn't make sense when you're living in a world where you're now asking for people to pay literally for things that happened generations prior. It opens up a very interesting Pandora's box because we all know it's not just the black and brown people that have been wronged in the past. I mean, as an Irishman, I can tell you the English did a lot of really bad things to the Irish, drove them off their land. So wait a minute. Uh, the English crown should be sending me five million bucks. I'm waiting. Well, as somebody who is, uh, I, I guess I'm English. My last name is English. Um, I guess the only response I have is, ha, screw you. We won. Right. right. It's like, see, you're the one that should be paying me the reparations. Yeah. Not that I've ever been to England or give it a crap. <laughs> but that's, see, but your great, 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 great grandfather was probably there. So there you go. You owe me. Yeah, and the funny thing is that most of my lineage actually comes from Scandinavia, but what the hell do I know? Nah, it's all that. <laughs> Just don't send in your DNA to 23andMe or whatever. No, I don't have to. My brother already did that for me. <laughs> <laughs> so now you can't commit a multiple homicide and not get caught. Thanks, Bemlet. Well, well, fortunately, I wasn't planning on doing that. Nobody plans so on it. We have determined that uh, Joe Biden is a compulsive liar. Democrats are a party of racists and cheats. and. Children can't be trusted. Is there any technology stuff we should talk about? Uh, well, there is a Colorado Senator, Michael Bennett, who is asking. He's a member of the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee, wrote a letter to Google and Apple pleading with them to remove TikTok from the app stores. You think that's going to happen? Uh, it might. It would be interesting. Wait, wait, was the senator a Republican or a Democrat? Democrat. Oh, then it might happen. Yeah, that's OK. That's the litmus test. If it's a Republican, it's a crazy thing. If it's a Democrat, then maybe it's like, well, because, again, they're ties to China, which I don't know what the difference is between American companies doing this and Chinese companies doing this, because then if you go, hey, what TikTok is doing is really a problem, then what every social media company is doing is probably a problem. But this also goes down the list of there have been cases coming out as well. I mean, the it said this was uh from an article at a, a site called imore.com, which follows obviously iPhone kind of stuff. Joe Biden wants Apple to free your iPhone from the app store lockdown. And I don't think Joe Biden wants to, cause I don't think Joe has an idea. <laughs> I don't think Joe Biden understands what he's looking at when somebody shows him a little piece of metal with glass on the front. No, I would agree. But somebody in his administration obviously thinks it would be a good idea to allow multiple app stores. But as we've talked about in the past, this isn't as much a solution to something as just something that will continue to add more problems on down the line. And I don't know what the exact route to go here, because this there's a lot of things in the tech sphere that kind of overlap right now, including this. And there's courts that are like, well, Google is using their position to give their products higher precedence than their competitors. It's like, well, yeah, that's called business. It is. And it's an argument that Google shouldn't control search and sell ads, not an argument that 
that some regulatory body needs to come in and turn Google into a partially government entity. Well, yes, we should break the part in that sells ads and we'll make that a government entity so the government can decide where all that money goes. No, I'm not sure I'm with you on this. <laughs> no, why not? That sounds like a perfect explanation. Um, and a reason. Yeah, you lost me at the government should, to be uh -huh. honest. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, so this is it. It's like, okay, I get when it comes down to any of these devices, because they all pretty much come with one app store. I know there are alternative ones available on Android, which are as yes. much as they're not use, wide open, they are open enough. I use F droid for my main one, but frankly, if F droid doesn't do it for me, the other thing that I do on Android is I sideload an APK, which, which is most, possible. Yeah. Most totally people are like, what, what is that for people what? that know what they're doing? Yeah. Sideload. Yes. For most people, for most average phone users, if you say sideload, they're going to look at you like you just spoke Chinese. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. The average phone user is kind of a moron. Well, yeah. Now, <laughs> The Apple people have been using that reasoning to be like, well, this is why we can only give them one choice. You see, they're idiots. Yeah, I, I vaguely recall. I thought there was a court order or something like a, or did, maybe it didn't come down as a final that ordered Apple to open up and allow uh, separate app stores. Is that I thought it wasn't just politicians whining about it. I thought there was a, it was, I might be completely off. I don't, I don't have an article. It said this was uh it says the Department of Commerce's National Telecommunications and Information Administration, wow, has released a report which says Apple's iOS app store on devices like the iPhone and iPad, along with Google's rival store on Android, have created a potential harm to customers by inflating prices and reducing innovation. It is recommending some major changes. So they're just recommending, I guess, at this point. So this hasn't I, been a long okay. This is they're talking about it. Yeah, and Apple's like, oh, recommendation noted. Yes, thank you. We'll 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 put that on the agenda. Thank you. Your opinion counts. We got we got a meeting in like fifteen years. We'll get that on the agenda for that, uh -huh. and we'll take really we'll we'll very we'll so, we'll dig into it. To be honest, I don't disagree. Uh, I I feel like the 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 platform the device needs an option for people to install software or otherwise can, you know, like if, if, if you paid for the device, I, I still believe the right of first sale should be a thing, even if it's kind of been destroyed by IP law. But if, if it's your device, you should have the ability to control what software appears on it. And that requires that you be able to get software from a vendor other than the one true vendor that is being offered you. I kind of believe that. The thing that bothers me is the remedy being put forth by every political animal is, oh, and the government needs to come in and take this existing platform and require that they change their policies with regards to it. And of course, that's government meddling. And the only viable solution that I see that's actually fair and doesn't involve, you know, pointing a gun at somebody is. Um, this platform sucks balls. We need more competition. Let's have a platform that has competition. That's why I don't use Apple. It's why I don't use Android in its base form. Uh, we, you know, consumers who want to be able to control their devices need to be able to control their devices. So I guess what I'm saying is uh, rather than have the government step in and force Apple to do something, we're going to go with the much, much, much more difficult to implement solution of saying that everybody should just stop using Apple because it's not good for the 
public. Right. <laughs> you know, and well, this is also as somebody, if you write software, you understand that where you want to be to get the money, to get the sales in the Apple ecosystem is the existing store as much as they may hate it because otherwise you start running into things like, okay, well, I want to create my own app store and then five people show up and it's like, well, then what, you yeah, know, then you so. have competition, but then the people that are doing the software are like, well, I want to be where the money is. Everybody wants to be where the money is, which is well, where this all starts falling down where you can say, well, okay, we'll allow a third party app store. But as you said, most people that use cell phones are morons. And unless you have to force Apple then to install these alternate app stores on the phone before people even get it, most are never going to even know they're there or will never find it. And then the question becomes, well, okay, then what if 10 million app stores pop up? Well, that's a lot of app stores you have to install on every device to be fair and equitable. But uh, okay. First of all, who gives a shit about fair and equitable? That (laughs) is a made up term by people who don't understand that I demand that equity organiz- organisms on this planet are in competition. That's how things work. Fair and equitable are, are made up concepts that nope. Anyway. I, so I don't see a problem at all with 10 million app stores because Wouldn't people be are going to install the ones they're interested in. If, if there's an app store out there that has a grand total of three apps and five users and eventually gets abandoned because of it, This is what's called competition. It's capitalism. It's decentralization. It's the things that we should be striving for, not this centralization stuff where one entity controls everything you can do. But don't you want to see the brand new iPhone come out with like 4,000 pages of app stores that you have to to delete? And you have to delete them individually if you want to get rid of them. I don't want to see the brand new iPhone come out, but Apple's going to do it anyway. Hell yeah, they are. I don't think Apple should be forced to do anything. I think, you know, in, in, uh, in a, a just and fair world, Apple is not required to do anything they don't do. Right. But Apple also, by the same token, does not impose their will on uh, Murray N just said in the troll room said, uh, how about they start by not suing people who crack the device? And boy, that sounds like a pretty good thing. Apple is not entirely in the right here. Oh, Apple no. goes out and actively tries to remove people's right of first sale. If you sell the device to somebody, you lose the ability you or you lose the right, not the ability, thanks to DRM, but you lose the right to f- tell people how they have to use the device once you've sold it. That is the first sale doctrine. That is what we should be going back to. Yes. And nobody should. I mean, this is the problem with, well, Apple should be forced to include this. It's like, no, I don't. But Apple that. should also not be preventing it from happening. I would agree. I would agree. If somebody wants to have that up in the app store that then uh people have to find and download it's kind of funny because anything's going to originate then it doesn't matter yeah. which app store it's going to have to originate in the app store that came on your phone that's the only way to find well, it. it i mean it's not the only way but well, now we're back non, to side yes, yeah for non-technical like, folk i i happen to know that f droid is in the google play store yes that's not how i got it i went and downloaded the f droid apk from their github repository well, you're still on Android what? version three. I don't know what I'm on right now. I, you, you, we went over this on the show before, but I continue to have disruptions in my lifestyle from having switched phones. And every once in a while I come across, like I still use my old phone that no longer has a SIM card in it. 
for uh, my um, podcast player because I, I mean, stuff works that it's still a viable device. It has Wi-Fi. What do I, you know, what do I need a cell for in order? So I do that, but now I've got, uh, I went, I actually checked it out. The cell phone antenna is using up 40% of my battery power within 12 hours, just trying to find a cell network that will connect to the no SIM card in here. <laughs> Wait, so do you have a cell tower nearby? Do you either have no service or it just is looking for a different service? No, no, I don't. There's no SIM card. So it it's looking for service. It's probably pinging the cell tower every five seconds going, hey, is, is the phone turned on for me yet? Is the phone turned on for me yet? Is the phone turned on for me yet? And I just noticed that my battery life dropped from about two days with this thing to uh, maybe nine hours. Well, turn off mobile Once I data. Pull the SIM card out. Right. Turn that mobile data off, baby. It, it doesn't give that option. Well, I did actually find a solution, which was you put the entire phone into airplane mode, which kills all the radios. And then you explicitly go turn the Wi-Fi back on. And that seems to work. Oh, nice. Just a little tip. I'm sorry. It's a, that might be a helpful tip. We don't, we try to avoid that sort of thing, but. Well, everybody's yeah, anyway. experience may be a little bit different. Depending and, on what oh, you're trying and by to the do. Way, um, the notification that shows up in my notification bar and shows up on the lock screen that says you don't have a SIM card, click here to buy one is not dismissible. Well, of course, cause you need a SIM card and a cell phone. Why else would you have one to play podcasts over or using Wi-Fi? <laughs> Can't you just take a SIM card that's no longer valid? Then what do they do? What does it say? Well, then it'll say the SIM card is not connecting to the network and probably use my power twice as fast. Down. Yeah, I get it. I get They're like, just go buy an iPod. Come on. Now, Xfinity really, really, really wants you to be connected and paying a monthly fee just for the existence of this device. I'm sitting here going, the device has been paid off for years. It's an MP3 player. Xfinity just wants to keep giving me new phones, which I don't know the, the concept sure. behind it all, but I keep because taking them. How else are you going to keep all that e-waste in the landfill? Exactly. It's like every two years that I can get a new one and then just get rid of those old numbers and get new numbers. And at first, I'm like, when I was talking about this over on Unrelenting with our buddy Gene, I'm like, but it's a pain in the ass every two years getting a new phone number. He's like, that's a feature. I'm like, buddy. <laughs> He's your buddy. You, uh, you, buddy. You, you, uh, you had some uh, sushi with him one day. Would, would Gene, I did. Actually, it was good sushi too. Would Gene admit to being anybody's buddy though? That's, Is that that's even a probably not. <laughs> and you don't want to admit the other way around because then, you know, Putin's people are all in your business. And uh, you also, what the hell is he smoking? I've had the same phone number for 22 years. He lies <laughs> for, for a fact. That's what he does. That's the I, nobody. I can't get a hold of anybody. OK, and well, I, he's also banned from the troll room. I've heard yes, perma banned <laughs> there, even though there is no such thing. He believes he's been perma banned. Because I kicked him that one grumpy old Ben show. Yeah, it wasn't even a ban. It was a kick. Uh-huh. But that's <laughs> where things get out of control. I know our buddy, uh, Harry Hamster, wanted to know if you had a P.O. box address. He said he was sending out Valentine's. He wanted Adam and John's. And then he was asking about you. I, and, I do. Uh, it's on the grumpy old Ben's page. It goes to Chicago. That's true. And then it could always be forwarded if it's something that's it's, not explosive. Feel free to send all of your mail bombs to Chicago. Right. They wouldn't even notice more destruction. <laughs> If it doesn't explode or if it's, if it's something that, you know, I don't want, then it would make its way 
all the way across the country to uh, the beautiful Washington area. Yeah. I mean, if it is something really awesome, just put it on the Zephyr. I'll get it eventually. The, the 48 hour. You can just pick it up at Dvorak's house. Yeah. With your copy <laughs> just, of the vinegar book autographed. So I used to visit Dvorak at his house all the time until he got that restraining order. Yes. I don't know what happened. Now he's got guns and you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to mess with that. But this whole Biden thing, they want, you know, again, we get it. Customers should have control over their devices. I think we all agree with that. Uh, it gets a little stickier when there are things like app store operators should not be able to self-preference their apps in an anti-competitive manner. Well, okay. How much can you self-preference something well, that's in a competitive manner? I, I agree with the sentiment, but that statement is almost impossible to enforce. Yes. Well, that's exactly the problem where it's like, well, but of course they're going to want to promote their software, just like the other companies are going to want to promote their software. This comes down to a case to where it's like, well, you're too popular. So give us equity and give us a foothold in for free. And I don't buy into that again. If your product's good enough, then it'll rise to the top. Uh, yes. And, and I am against the, the idea of saying, well, you must include your competitor's product in there. I, I guess, I guess the line that I draw and I'm, I'm, this might be a fuzzy line is I am, I am against the idea of saying that a platform maker must include their competitor's stuff. Like the most, one of the most retarded things that ever happened to windows was when the EU stepped in and forced at, 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 government gunpoint because all government action is ultimately enforced at gunpoint microsoft to put a big pop-up dialogue when you first run windows to say what browser would you like to install uh -huh. and then the the eu government actually came out and said and you must include browsers from these companies it, which is a, a tremendous overreach of government activity for, you know, what happens if the company goes out of business? What if the company doesn't want to do are, are the laws going to just change on a whim to say, Oh yeah, well this company actually isn't providing this company got bought out by a Chinese firm and turned their browser into a platform for adware and malware, right? right which they will. If there's enough well, it, people it's installing it. Yes. I mean, I'm it, not going to mention which browser opera did that, but it has happened. And why wouldn't everybody that knows how to code, why wouldn't everybody that knows how to code write their own browser and be like, well, now you have to include this. Yeah. That's, that's now you fair. have to include these 10,000 browsers uh -huh. in your open dial. That's the same thing as saying you have to include 10,000 app stores in the, like nobody. Apple doesn't want to code that dialogue and nobody wants to open that dialogue. Be like, <laughs> Oh God, Which I have to scroll through all in the, and then you sit here and you're like, uh, I have to scroll all the way down to G just to find Google. Right. God help you. If you're trying to use Yandex. <laughs> yeah. Can I sort this in a different way, please? Come on. <laughs> this is the things that nobody considers when they start talking about all of these concepts like, oh, wouldn't it be great if. And then they don't think about how this would actually happen in the real world. And that's where things start breaking down. And I'm all for, I mean, I used to jailbreak the iPhone all the time when there was actually more of a reason to do so. And and it was easier. Yes. And it was easy. Well, it's to be fair when they find the exploits. No, now, no, let's it's not easy. be fair to Apple. We, we have to, when they find the, although it's the exploits, I don't know. I haven't looked recently, but the last time I jailbroke an iDevice, I mean, it was probably five years ago 
but it was is pretty much like well plug it in and then plug the cable into your computer and then you know start this executable or whatever it was that was provided by whoever which is always a a fun time when you're doing these kind of things a little sketchy when they're like yeah take this black box executable and run it yeah it'll be fine nothing to worry about that's why you always have to have your stuff backed up that's why you should run a good antivirus and be ready at any time to just wipe the whole damn sandbox yeah and yeah sandbox every app Uh uh-huh and be ready sandbox the operating system so the operating system doesn't have any access to it it's an operating system running within an operating system running within an operating system actually i've seen a prototype of that at at microsoft labs and uh it it ran so slow yeah (laughs) but now the chips are much bigger and bulkier booted up in almost eight minutes wow (laughs) but you know you could just press a button and the whole thing reboots back to where it was yeah it was pretty awesome which is neat I think that was a, a Windows 10 feature was uh, that they wanted for a while because actually it was Windows 8 was the feature started. They really thought that Windows would be the operating system for mobile devices and they wanted to make it easier. So they inter- introduced a push button into the OS that said, reset this computer to factory state. Like, well, who is going to push that? <laughs> and, well, it depends if they know what they're pressing because most people will do that and go, where'd all my programs and data where yeah. where did they go i didn't understand well, it, it was meant- it was slightly nuanced it actually had uh it, it, what it did was it did an in-place upgrade of the operating system which the the upgrade mechanism is is one thing that microsoft has had a lot of time to practice which is why it's so amazing that they screw it up as often as they do but the in-place upgrade basically takes all of your data which, which is to say all of the data that they know about. So they take your My Documents folder and they stick that off to the side. They put a fresh operating system on and then they bring your data back in. And if you only keep data in the Microsoft prescribed locations, right. then everything is back the way you used it. And then you just have to reinstall your apps. If you have your data somewhere else, bye-bye. Yeah. yeah if you have your data on a NAS or something, well... <laughs> Well, at least then the national may God have mercy on your what? Yeah. Well, yeah, I got it on my Drobo, man. Don't worry. The Drobo got it. It's perfect. But to prove that uh, my Apple watch wants me to get up and stand. Thank you. Apple watch. I'll be doing that later. Just shake your wrist. It'll figure it out. (laughs) No, it's like you've been moving a lot lately. I mean, so chronic masturbators must have a lot of steps on their apple watch i don't know well i i'm not actually going to admit to anything but during the brief time that i had a fitbit um there were a few days when i'm like i need two thousand more steps to get to my step goal today and i don't feel like going out because it's raining i'm not again not going to admit to anything let me show you how quick i can get those steps in (laughs) you know my wife suggested if you wanted i wanted to do that there's uh she's had a little uh she loves winnie the pooh and there's a th- one that she's had for like 10, 15 years that is walking poo that actually walks. And I'm like, well, now, see, that would be a, can I get my steps just by putting this thing on the little toy and let the I, thing walk around the house? I'm sorry. You just made my brain skip, skip a track. Walking poo is now your show title. Walking. <laughs> there you go. Do I spell it P-O-O or do I do it P-O-O-H? I'm not going to, I'm not going to speculate as to whether or not there's an H on the end of that word. <laughs> it's a walking poo. But to prove that Google maybe isn't the behemoth that it uh, everybody thinks, Microsoft launches new AI chat-powered Bing and Edge browser. So I 
I had that. I had that as, as part of a pair of stories because the other half of that was Google is now investing in Anthropic. Well, see, they're like, we're behind. Yeah, we, well, we Anthropic is a Anthropic, by the way, not much of a story here, but uh, is uh, an AI company founded by former employees of OpenAI. Uh, they are a competitor. They are people there who think they can do it better than OpenAI. And Google's like, well, we got to put our money somewhere. So they dropped $300 million Damn. for a 10% stake in Anthropic. Now, if so, I'm telling you, it, leaving open AI and starting your own AI business, even if it doesn't do anything, sounds pretty damn lucrative to me right now. I'm just wondering what, what our buddy CSB's AI company does, because if, if he gets like $300 million, he better start upping his game to the... Uh the donation it, segments. I, I know what his AI company does. It puts out uh, a, an excellent podcast. That's a little too spammy on the ads on other podcasts. Well, you see now you can replace Gwif for 20 bucks. If you heard my latest random thoughts, the little intro, the first like 15 seconds that was read by an AI voice on a free, well, it's a free website. You can do a certain amount, but then of course you got to pay if you want to do more, but the voices are getting so much better. Oh yeah. Deep fakes are getting scary. Uh-huh. It is getting so except much better. For the, except for the automated voices that they played on the last no agenda on Sunday, yeah, well, which John swears he's like, this is going to destroy podcasting. And I'm like, it doesn't even sound like either one of them. Not yet. It'll get there. Now, uh, and maybe, maybe not yet is the problem, but yeah, it doesn't if, right now. And if they train these AI, you know, if this is people doing it for them. That's a different thing to people trying. You know, I don't know. I've been meaning to go into that 11 labs or whatever it was called that I use their service to do that opening for random thoughts. I've been meaning to go in, create an account because they say you can create like up to five different voices. And I want to know what they're asking for now. If you can put random text in or if it's still you, it used to be you had to read an exact script. So it was much harder to get somebody else's voice into an AI that may not be the requirement anymore. Well, what what you can do is feed in their podcast and with the transcript, right? Well, you keep sending in notes to no agenda with a weird thing. Well, can you say this? Oh yeah. <laughs> and you just stitch them together and it's like, aha, we got can you. Can you please speak the word passport? Yes. Very slowly. Say it slowly with enunciation. My, my voice is my passport. But I was thinking, I mean, we know that you script out a lot of angry tech news and then actually read it yourself. This would save you a lot of time. If you could just put your voice in, or you always say you don't like your voice. You could put somebody else's voice in. Well, I was thinking of, of putting an AI voice in and then having chat GPT, write the podcast. And then I could just go off yes. and, and reap the rewards without doing any work. I've thought about this because you could do like a daily show with zero work, which is awesome. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I would, and, and lots and lots of people do go uh -huh. look at YouTube. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. And I would just need you to write the script that would actually automate the whole process of writing the part and then, you know, getting the audio and then just really, you know, uploading it, releasing it, all of that. And I think this is going to be there was an, an article that I had. I think on the, we talked on the last oh. show about how much of AI created content is soon going to be all content. And I do the more. You hear the quality of this stuff. The more I believe it may be right that it, it, it won't be all but no. surgeon's law, but there will be a lot. And did we, did we forget to talk about chat GPT Bing? Uh, right. We just talked about, we have, we mentioned it. We have not really talked about this whole new okay. uh, search engine com, uh, capability 
that what Bing is trying to do, which is kind of, I believe, what we talked about on the last episode where I was here last uh, episode, you had uh, amateur stop on, I mean, Progo, and you guys <laughs> yeah. had some good conversations. But the last time I was on, I think that's when we talked about the Progo concept. and I had Progo and I had great conversation. The only problem was we weren't having the same conversation and we were constantly just talking over each other. There was some latency. And let me see if I can uh, recreate the audio quality of Progo's connection. Hi, everybody. Welcome. How are you doing today? So anyway, I was thinking that I could, you know. Yes. Yeah. Oh, just I was trying to talk at exactly the same time as you <laughs> oh, did. Oh, you were trying. Okay, you were recreating yeah. the episode. It's, last- it's not the it's not the proper effect unless you've got two people who don't stop when the other starts talking. Right. Well, that's what you want to do. You just want to keep on talking, and that way nobody can get a word in edgewise. That's what we're doing here on Grumpy Old Ben's. Poor Progo. Shoot. Yeah. Let's let's not crap on Progo. Let's go back to crapping on Gene for a while. Let's not crap on Progo. There's another show title right there. <laughs> it's it's always fun. Um. But this concept is interesting for a certain amount of searches where I find myself every now and then, especially with the, you know, the talking tubes and that where it's something you'll be like, hey, when is Easter this year? That is a pretty easy answer to have. Yeah, an the answer is really easy. Same time as every year. Who cares? It's a different day every year. Yeah, but when it's something more, <laughs> but, but my level of giving a crap about Easter, eh, never mind. Right, but other, it's a it's an easy question. It's one day. There's not really any question about what the right answer is. Where if you're like, hey, what vacuum cleaner should I buy? I don't know what how you're going to do that in a search engine. Now this is where the advertising yeah. is going to come in with the fucking AI searches as you're going to be like oh i'm going to be buying like hey which car should i buy which vacuum cleaner should i buy hey which beer is the best that's where the money's going to be going what was the dvorak litmus test was uh any search engine you need to ask it for recommendations for was it weed eaters maybe i don't remember what i I don't i just vaguely recall that but you're i mean you're you're absolutely correct there is factual things that search engines have become decent at sort of um, and an AI hooked into the entire content of the internet is almost certainly going to be able to give you a valid factual answer to any question that has a definitive set factual answer. Uh, uh, the brain yes, speak, yes, Joe Biden. Ned, noise coming out mouth. Anyway, we, we have Joe Biden with us, folks. This is a special <laughs> guest. But the, there is the much more difficult style of question, which is there isn't a right answer. What you're, you know, especially the the come to help me make a decision from these choices, which are not obviously all, you know, sorted. Yes. Give me a recommendation for a product is the classic question that if an AI can get that right, then we don't need humans anymore. But I don't think an AI is going to get there. It would have to be smart enough to then ask follow up questions. If you're like, hey, what weed whacker should I buy? Then it should be something like. Well, do you have, uh, you know, how much property do you have? Do you have electricity? Do you have gas? I mean, do you have, can you plug it in? I mean, there's a few different things you would need to know to decide what the proper answer is. And it's not the same answer for everybody. Right. That's the real problem. And it would all depend upon some of those follow-up questions. But I think it's going to be a while before chat GPT or whatever is smart enough to go, Hey, they're asking about an air fryer. How many people? So I can tell you what size, how many people, how often do you eat together? You know, it's, there's, there's a lot of questions. 
there, there are a lot of questions like, like that that says, what is, you know, you're not asking what is the best weed whacker. You're asking what is the best weed whacker for me? Yes. That takes into a lot of context for the individual. And, and if I may go so far as to point out how this worked back before the age of AI search engines, uh, it would result in the individual, the person who is going to own the weed whacker, making the decision themselves based on what information they have available and that decision being made a hundred thousand times for each person who needs a weed whacker. It's, it's, it's decentralized. I guess what I'm saying is this is, this is exactly the question that capitalism is born to make. The people involved in a transaction are the only ones who need to know. You don't need a centralized AI. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of hinting around what is ultimately my big problem with AI based search, but it's another rant. So maybe I should back off and let you finish your point. Yeah. Well, this was interesting. The little screenshot that they gave because it's not open to the public as far as I can tell yet, the new Bing chat experience. The question that was fed into it was I'm planning a trip for our anniversary in September. What are some places we can go that are within a three hour flight from London Heathrow? And the chat responds with congratulations on your anniversary. I mean, (laughs) really, is this information that you really need to have in there? But it says there are many no, places but- you can go. Here are some suggestions based on your preferences and the best destinations in Europe in September. And it comes out with three bullet points. If you like beaches and sunshine, you can go here. If you like mountains and lakes, you can go here. If you like art and history, you can go here. So, I mean, it's an interesting concept, but I, it'll be interesting well, you, to see if you, you touched again on on my my big reason why I know that chat GPT in its current form will never replace a search engine is it's too damn chatty. It's verbose. Yeah. It yeah. uses too many words and like I'm doing right now, but what you just described though, still isn't, it's not the search engine that people want. And it's not the search engine that Silicon Valley wants to deliver. They don't want to say, well, if you like, uh, you know, museums go here. And if you like to ski, go here. They don't want that to be in an answer because that's a long answer. It is a long answer. And in theory, only one of the clauses matters to you because yes. there's only, there's only one of them that's correct for your preferences. So the thing that Silicon Valley wants to do, the, the holy grail of search engines for as long as there've been search engines is they want when you make the query to come back and give you the correct answer for you. And the problem is in order to do that, a lot of information about you needs to be available to the AI. Right. And that makes me uncomfortable. Well, right. Because if well, it's saving every one of your searches, it knows a lot more about you. Yeah. And I'm uncomfortable with that. Yes. Because if you're always searching, you know, again, for things about skiing, well, then the AI would be like, well, obviously you want to go on a ski vacation. Yeah. Right? And you don't think that's creepy? Yes. Oh, I do. I see why people would put up with it, though, even as stupid as it may be, because you're like, wow, this is great. What I would rather kind of people, the kind of people who go on other tech shows and gush over, oh, my gosh, the newest smart toilet just dropped (laughs) are the kind of people who'd be like, well, I mean, it's only all of my privacy, but it's a small price to pay for this tiny amount of convenience. Yeah. When I got the walking poo, it tells me exactly what's in it. It's a great thing. What I would rather see with this uh, 
the chat concept would then be once you ask about some places I can go, I would rather see the choose your own adventure kind of thing. Like, well, do you like skiing or the beach more? Do you like this or this more? Ask me a few questions and then give me the the more pointed answer. And then please, for the love of God, forget all the answers that I give you and don't put them into an invisible shadow profile attached to my name. Of course they will, which makes everything way more fun. That was one of the other stories I had was uh, uh, how many apps on the Android devices provided out of China, which, you know, they all are. How much is still being going back to companies and third parties that nobody even has a clue that's all built into the operating Uh, uh, system? All of it. Uh Uh-huh. It's like anybody that thinks a cell phone is safe or not reporting back to the mothership I mean, somewhere. You pretty much have to assume that everything that goes out to the Internet is never going to be deleted and is stored in a database somewhere for some company to try to figure out how to use it against you or some government. And you also have to assume that every bit of data that is available to an app is going to go out across the Internet. Yes. And it was stuff like your GPS coordinates, your contacts, your call list. I mean, a lot of stuff that could be used against you. Yeah. The the number of app developers that that if, if you give an app permission to look at your contacts list, the number of apps that will then take that suck down your entire contacts list and put it into a database somewhere so they can build your social media graph and go, this person knows this person. So often for the purpose of ads, but that almost is the, the least scary thing that they do with this data these days. It is. Well, it's prime for people to be blackmailed. That would be the number one thing because people are still dumb and they still take the nude photos and they still do things on their phones and keep information that they shouldn't because they somehow think, Oh no, it's, it's safe. I'm secure. The the other thing that it's primed for is, uh, you know, if you give your contacts list to an app, the, you know, for all you know, because you have no way of knowing or any, or any control over it, the only control you have is do I install the app and do I give it permission to my contact? They might grab that whole thing, put it into a database, and then sell it to a government agency. By the way, yes. plenty of stories in the last few years about yes. government agencies who are getting around things like the First Amendment and the uh, or Fourth Amendment saying, you know, they can't search and seize your data but they can buy it from companies that already have right the and FBI, then you know the uh fbi cannot surveil you but or the cia but they can can't buy whole you. databases right. of the of your location at every moment of every waking moment of the day because you've installed an app and you gave it permission to your location and every three minutes it's sending your latitude and longitude up to a database and storing that forever and now the FBI who's purchased this data has a complete list of, oh, you walked through this square and it happened to be, you know, 23 hours before there was an event that we've decided is terrorism. And therefore, you're now a suspect. And we correlated that using your contact information to you happened to have made a tech had a text message once from this other person that we have as a person of interest. And therefore. Um, you know what? We're going to hold you for 24 hours. Yeah. We got all this because you have the Facebook app installed on your phone. Yeah. The Facebook app will do all of that. It does. In fact, uh-huh. we've had plenty of proof that the Facebook app does in fact do that. They slurp your entire contacts list and upload it 
they take your location every moment of the day and upload it. Uh, I think Google has apps that do that too. Yeah, by default. And even when you tell Google not to, it's like, do you really believe they're not? Well, they're the operating system, so you better not believe it. Uh huh. You better know. You don't believe anybody. You know, that's it. You don't believe anybody. There was a uh, one of these allegedly super secure phone operations, and we've talked about similar things in the past. This is a different one. This one was called Exclue E X C L U. That the Dutch police just announced at the end of last week that they have dismantled the Exclue encrypted communications platform after hacking into the service to monitor the activities. This according to bleeping computer, but I guess that they were selling devices as like super secure ways of communicating, charging a six months, months, no months. I can't speak. I'm like, see, I, the more you listen to Joe Biden, this is the problem. We both heard Joe Biden last night and yes. now we are both dumber for it. I don't know how that works, but it does. But uh, 800 euros for six months. So 1600 euros a year for very secure communications. And it turns out not so secure. Steep. Yes. And what I just don't understand this again is just because people are too stupid to understand how to encrypt things on their own because it's not that hard, kids. It is not that hard. You don't need to pay somebody, you know, 1600 euros a year to encrypt stuff for you. And the reality is here. Once, you, you know, all it really need takes sometimes is a device that you control instead of relying on a, a giant corporation who with ties to governments for your security. Yes. And I know these companies like this are fairly obscure, but once they are found out, who do you think is using this service beyond criminals? Nobody. What oh. would you say? Politicians? <laughs> I said the cops, but well, yeah. maybe. They, they, well, of course, the FBI. The, yes. They're like, hey, this is, a, this is a great way to figure out what these assholes are doing. Yeah. Law enforcement. <laughs> uh huh. Which is great because then it's like this could have been a honeypot. You never know. These things could be set up as a honeypot. Would you really believe a service like this? I mean, I don't know how you find it, even if it's on the dark web or whatever, where it's like, hey, we can keep all of your communications private. We're here to keep the criminal elements away from the police. It's like, well, how do you not think that's the cops right off the bat? Uh, I go back to basic principles of trust, and that is uh, any data that you give to somebody, they now have. Yeah. And if you if you try, you have to the the people that in order to have your data be secure, you must have implicit trust of everybody who has the data. And so the more people you hand your data, Google, Facebook, uh, this random Dutch company, the more people that. You give that data, the more people you have to trust before you can even think about, uh, is my communication secure? Yes. The one that we uh, we talked about last was, and also mentioned in this bleeping computer article, it was EncroChat, and that they had about 60,000 users. That, so uh, That sounds like a medical condition. Uh, it does. That it does. But it's like, you can just encrypt your own stuff, people. It's not that hard. You don't have to go no. crazy. And I would think I, that any of these services that are like super dupers, you know that the cops are going to be watching them. You're way probably safer being on Gmail and just encrypting your shit with uh, something like VeraCrypt. GPG. Right. You're way safer. You, yeah. you know, you don't have to worry about paying a bunch of money. 
Because how many people really do voice? And even that's not that hard to encrypt at this point. But how many people actually even communicate in voice? Most are using text now. When, when I don't want people to understand what I'm saying, I, I speak only in ROT 13. That works. Why not ROT 14? Or, or, or sometimes I just, you know, if I don't want people to get what I'm saying, I just speak on a podcast. Does anybody actually listen? Is anybody out there? Anyone? I doubt it. I, are we going to get another zero listener count? I, that would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. 80. Woo. Woo. Yeah. Way more than yesterday at this time. Yesterday at this time was a Tuesday. And who was on? Angry Tech News. Oh, I'll <laughs> see. That would just, they're like, come for the Bemrose, stay for the insanity. Yeah, uh, so, okay. So we've got, uh, 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 you may be aware there's a, a Monday morning show, a Wednesday morning show, or, or early afternoon, I guess, in your time zone, and yes. a Friday early, 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 yes. early afternoon show. Well, yes, and then morning, Thursday, Friday. there's no agenda in the, that morning slot. So I figured Tuesday, there was nothing there. Just I might empty. as well fill it. Yeah. Yeah. And I had about 50 people listening to me go live yesterday. So. And then, and then by the time you were done, there was what, 20? Uh, by the time I was done, I think uh, the, the people who run the stream kicked me off, which is, uh, I mean, that's a harsh criticism considering it's me. Right. You're like, I, I, well, this, this show is not up to our standards. Yeah. It's, and, and I think he's, he, he's playing ads. That's got to be what those cat sounds are. You got a lot of pussy in the background, man. He is a baller. I had a story about encrypted communications that I actually wasn't going to bring, but it infuriated me yesterday. And we're here uh, talking you, about encrypted communications. Yeah, here we are. So that that was me trying to segue and you hanging a lantern on it. You're welcome. But maybe I shouldn't segue. Um, this is something that nobody who listens is going to care about because it involves Minecraft. Then but as a person, as a person who runs a Minecraft server. Uh, this seven-month-old story is, in fact, something I learned about yesterday. Oh, so it's breaking news from seven it months ago. It is broken news. <laughs> okay, so the reason is um, I run a server, and I prefer to do things like stability. So uh, believe it or not, and this this might come as a shock, I don't always install the latest thing the moment it comes out. No, you're not patching consistently every time I'm, something new comes out. No. Yeah. And, and when Microsoft uh, Mojang Studios, which is a fully owned division of Microsoft, comes out with a new version, I don't jump on the new version. I wait for the damn thing to settle. And more importantly, I wait for more mods to be built for it because uh, vanilla Minecraft, frankly, is a little boring these days. And mods are what keep the game interesting. The, the vibrant mod community is the only reason why I'm even remotely interested in that game anymore. And, you know, I write some of the mods. So. Um, the current version of Minecraft is 1.19. Um, there'll be 20 out uh, in a few months, but, um, up until about a week ago, I was running a 1.16 server. And finally, you know, the people I play with, which is a group of friends are like, we need to go to 1.19. Okay, fine. So we go in, uh, we build up a pack. There's, it's been long enough now that there's, there's a bunch of mods for it. So we do that. I start up. I load the game. And of course, you know, when you go to a new version of the software, it completely forgets about your options. So while I'm sitting here remapping all of my keys and telling it, oh, I need to use my mouse buttons for this, you know, basically customizing it, telling it, yes, I don't need you to distinguish these buttons because this one's red and this one's green because they still haven't quite figured out that some people are colorblind. Anyway, those bastards going through and I see on the menu, 
in the chat box, the Minecraft has an in-game chat where you can type to other people. It's similar to any multiplayer game. You want to be able to communicate with other players. Um, it's always had the, you open it up, you type a message, the message goes out to the server, the people on the server see it. Pretty basic. It's, uh, you know, IRC, but in-game. In that box, I suddenly see a button that says, report this player. Uh-oh. What is going on? So this started me down a rabbit hole. Now, it turns out that in 1.19, uh, Microsoft, and I'm just going to say Microsoft because Mojang is, uh, that's where they take their marching orders, has added, what they do now is every message that goes along. This was actually something they bragged about in a blog post. Every message that goes out, instead of sending the text to the server and having the server send to everybody else, like any sane system would do that has multi, multiple people in a chat system, they now have a system where when you log in, your account goes out to Microsoft's account and acquires an encryption key. That encryption key is used for the duration of your session. It encrypts all messages and digitally signs all messages you send to the server. And then the server is responsible for passing the messages along and other people who have gone in can now decrypt that by uh, when, when the line comes into their client, they see your username. It goes out to Microsoft servers, grabs the decryption public key, decrypts the message. And now you can see somebody say, Hey, you got diamonds. Ooh. So it's a lot of effort. Like, you know, Hey, toss me some redstone, whatever. It seems like a lot of effort until you realize that the reason for this is now every line of text that is put into any micro Minecraft server is digitally signed with the username, uh, uh, the Microsoft account of the person who did it. Now, why would you want to do this for the report button? So somebody could be canceled outside of your little server. This is where we're going with this. The report button will send not to the server administrator because all the servers, uh, well, okay, let's discount there. There is a server group called realms, which Microsoft actually owns the physical servers and makes players run it. But my server and lots of others like it, uh, private hardware, private administration. Uh, we're just running the server software, but I own the machine. And this now, without any participation of the server, there is a button in the client. The server doesn't even know about it. That says you click this button and report the user and it takes that digitally signed message and sends it to the ban team at Microsoft. And the result, and by the way, there have already been anecdotes that uh, where this has happened is that you can be screwing around on your personal private server where nobody particularly cares and drop an F bomb and somebody can click that report button and that line is taken out of context. It, the, I don't even know if any of the conversation around it is even included. Oh, that's sent off to Microsoft. And if they determine that you dropped an F bomb in a private server where everybody online didn't care, then your account can be banned for a period of time or even permanently at Microsoft's sole discretion. This, by the way, is the reason why I stopped doing public multiplayer on Xbox. Same exact reason, because all you have to do on Xbox is drop the C word or an F bomb or say S or tell, call somebody a ham doctor in the wrong chat. And suddenly you find your account is banned for all games everywhere. 
because Microsoft didn't like it, because you swore, because you said something, because uh, you you didn't even know that the new the word that you used and probably used correctly happens to be a slur in the mind of some addled leftist progressive who sees racism in every dictionary. And Microsoft looked at this and said, oh, you used the word the ham doctor, whatever. And that is a racial slur that uh, marginalizes this community. And therefore, you're banned for 30 days. And so that has now come to Minecraft, where if you do something like that in the public chat, even if the server admin totally cool with it, the people you are talking to totally cool with it. Now you can be banned, not just from the server where you did it, but from all servers everywhere for as long as Microsoft deems they want to. Because you said this now. On a private server, this still requires that somebody hit the report button. It's possible can, that you can I'm keep sorry. people out of a private server, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, my server is whitelisted. Only the people that I have asked me for permission and want to play, you know, only the people. I don't allow random people from outside. And, you know, if you try to come in and you're not in the whitelist, you you get a reject message. No, piss and off. If one of them clicks the uh, report button, then you got a whole different set of fun but, times coming. Yeah. I, now. There, there's a couple ways that this could happen on a private server. You, you might uh, click on somebody might do it as a joke. They're like, ah, oh, ha, ha, ha. You, you, you just said ass. I'm going to report you for that and just do as it as a joke. And I now think- somebody at Microsoft has to decide whether or not you're getting a permanent ban. <laughs> well, I think a lot uh, of people would be like, oh, I'm reporting it to the person that runs the server, not Microsoft. Uh, well, that's certainly not clear in the client. Uh, it, you know, trying because that, by the way, is one of the things admins of a server do have the ability to ban people. Uh, you can say, OK, you're being a douche. I don't want the I don't want what you're saying on my server. Ban. Fine. Gone. You, OK. And, and that is absolutely realistic, reasonable. The server owner should be able to do that. But now the server owner doesn't have is, is not in this equation. You might get banned from not only this server, but everyone because you said. What what I was saying, though, is, yeah, it's possible that, oh, somebody might click the report button accidentally when they're actually trying to click the, you know, the controls button or change their video resolution. They might click it because they're fucking with you. There might be reasons for that. But let's be honest. If you're on a private server, and by the way, if you're on a public server, this is probably going to happen to you anyway. If you play on public servers. Somebody on the public server is going to report you. It's just going to happen. It happens on Xbox Live all the time. It, it happens. You know, the other place that you can look is Roblox, which is uh, if, if people play that. I know you don't play that. Among other things, they have no freedom of speech. You have to be absolutely careful about it because they are harsh about handing out permanent bans. Uh, well, yeah, the freedom of speech but, is under attack and has been for a long time in a lot of different venues. This is not unique. So if if you play on a public server, you should expect to get reported. If you play on a private server, you probably don't expect to get reported. Um, I, I mentioned uh, Minecraft Realms. And so well, if this is all servers, attached to a Microsoft account. This is even worse than just being kicked off a game because you can literally have way more problems. Oh, you can get your whole Microsoft account shut down, which is connected to. Uh, to Xbox, it's connected to anything you do with Microsoft. It's connected to your Skype account. Uh, they can tie it all to everything. They can they can n- kick you off of Skype permanently. They can cancel your Office 365 without a refund 
if you use the word shit on a Minecraft server. And I, I'm not a fan of that, but I, I was going to get at, uh, so most of the, the servers that all the servers that I will play on from now on for sure are owned by a per private user. That means the server itself might not be involved in getting you reported, but there is because Microsoft or Minecraft servers are hard to set up. You, you have to actually use a Linux command prompt, which pretty much puts it out of reach for 95% of the people out there who are like, where do I click? But Microsoft Mojang had set up a long time ago, a system called realms where they're like, well, we've got lots and lots of space on Azure servers. Let's just go ahead and give you a point and click interface for setting up a, a Minecraft server. And they set it up so that, you know, they don't theoretically admin the server. You have to sign up for an account, pay them a monthly fee. And now you are the admin of a server. You can, I, I don't know if you can install mods or not because I wouldn't play there. But what we have learned because there's lots of anecdotes is that if you have a private realm server with you and three other friends, all of whom are totally raunchy, uh, the anecdote is. You know, nobody here is going to report anybody else, period. You are all friends. You all make the same fart jokes. Three of the four people uh, available on the server, including the server owner, had their account suspended for a month because of a conversation they had in their private server. Why? Because Microsoft is pointing AI at the chat on every Realm server. <laughs> Sir, they're watching. Wow. They're watching. Uh, and you know, they're listening too. So this had me a bit bothered yesterday <laughs> Well, as I'm reading the, about this. This is the problem with the attack on speech. We've mentioned multiple times here the fact that different words can mean vastly different things in different locations around the globe. So I don't necessarily know how all of this is going to shake out. As we mentioned, one of those previous shows, you know, hey, you say I'm going to slap a fag in my mouth in the UK means something totally different than in the United States. It does. And and that is something, by the way, that all of the, the ban happy account regimes, uh, Microsoft I'm talking about here, but they're not the only ones, really don't see. They kind of gloss over. What they do is they say, well, we're not enforcing your country's laws. We're enforcing our terms of service. And their terms of service has such specific language as if you say something that could be construed as harassing to any person of any race, gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, or toenail color. Is there a list and of things that don't fall into that category? Because I can't think of any. Everything. Everything. And the reason is that they have a group of people on the back end who can ban you for any reason whatsoever. They make the decision to ban and then they go check the terms of service and say, how can we justify this? And to be honest, they don't even have to justify it unless you appeal and say, why was I banned? And then they have, well, I mean, honestly, they don't even have to come up with anything specific because they usually say things like, well, you violated our terms of service. Right. And this is the Great. kind of stuff that you have to think about. I mean, I've posted, I mean, I'm not big into memes, but every now and then, I've posted a meme and if I create it in Photoshop, I can tell you that I go into another third party app and re-render that photo just to make sure there is no metadata left from the version of oh, Photoshop yeah. because I, you know, I, I do pay and have an and account. And that other third party app, 
was that paid for? Uh, it's open source. Yeah, no, you got to go open source and uh, <laughs> download it and use a VPN and go all through all those hoops. But it's the only way to do it because you don't know yeah. what is hiding in these things. And this is why I author all my memes in MS Paint. <laughs> From what year? 98? That's uh, <laughs> Oh, Windows 8. <laughs> whoa, that'd be nice. I, I, thought you maybe you're filing, I thought you were firing up Windows 98 just to create the memes. No, no, no. It's all about convenience with me. It's whatever was on my system at the time. Yeah, that makes sense. But you I have also haven't that. won any art recently. So, well, there you go. I haven't either because there's a whole, there's probably all a bunch of AIs doing it. Yes, yes, we're aware. These Paint. AIs have names and user accounts on No Agenda Art Generator and also faces and voices and are actual people, but they're AI anyway. I don't know. They multiply like they're little AI rabbits. Servo says you can use Paint Shop Pro. That's another good one. Oh, yeah, that sounds like installing something. And, you know, honestly, is there anything you need to do with image manipulation you can't do in MS Paint that comes with Windows? Probably not. I mean, I think that's that pretty much covers the whole uh, gist of that's what you That's pretty want much to everything do. you could possibly want to do with images, except, you know, it doesn't support things like rotation by angles that aren't 90 <laughs> degrees right. or, or uh, you know, there's no concept of transparency or or selections other than a uh, rectangle. But, you know, honestly, these are all just conveniences nobody's ever really made use of. Yeah, I don't know why people get so uppity. It's just crazy. It is crazy. Uh, so I wanted to call out two things. People in the troll room are definitely getting ahead of, of my point. Uh, Servo just said, can you force people to use a mod that removes the report button? Um, there is a mod, which, by the way, as soon as I learned about this, I installed on my server um, that the mod has uh, approximately 7 million downloads already. Wow. And how, wait, how long has this been out? Like three hours? What's uh, uh, no, no. The, okay. So the version that has this, this entire thing blew up on the Minecraft scene about six months ago when, gotcha. when version 1.19 came out and I was not playing 1.19 at the time. So I wasn't paying attention at all. Did not care. So this is an old, an old thing. So in six months, it's had about 7 million downloads, but still 7 million is quite a bit. The modding community is, is not that huge. Um, this, this mod, what it does is all it does is it takes every message that comes into the server and before it passes it on to the other characters, it merely strips off the digital signature. So you can, it, it obviously because there's client side mods and server side mods and the server owners only have real control over what's on the server. Now servers do have the ability to not allow a client to join if you don't have the right set of mods, but that's also considered kind of antisocial for some things, but it seems like a pretty neat solution that, you know, some little whiny bitch decides that they're going to report everybody on the server. They can click that report button all you want, but without the digital signature, there's no way to prove that that came from who it, they thought it came from. And so suddenly the enforcement team can't do anything, but they still get the message, which is fantastic. But yeah. So they're, they're getting overloaded <laughs> with reports. Just the reports are not actionable because you can't tell who did it. See now, if I wrote that mod, when somebody hit the report button, the audio that would play would be go fuck yourself. And then that would be done <laughs> and it would be great. People would love it. They would, of course that would cause people to hit the report button more and more and more. Which would so only annoy Microsoft, which is good. The particular mod that I did uh, has only two functions. One is it allows you, if you are on a server that doesn't do this, to encrypt your own messages. So even if you send uh, a message, 
it's not with the digital signature that Microsoft provided, and therefore they can't do anything with it. Oh, um, Servo, that is a that, great idea. Somebody make a mod to continuously generate false reports and send okay. them into Microsoft. And that has been done. Oh, that thank is not you, the people. one. The, the one that I picked up and installed, again, it has two modes. It has a client side mode that lets you encrypt with your own key that they can't use. And it has a server side mode that strips everybody's encryption off of net messages, which is definitely something I prefer. Well, the encryption's that nice because nobody can. That is monitor. about the nicest. Yeah. But if you, there yeah. are, in fact, mods out there that will do things like just send constant fake reports all the time that, that do other things to completely disrupt this entire scheme. Which is what you want to do. You want to make it like such a pain in the ass for them that they're going to stop the whole concept because like, we, we, we can't deal with it in this way. So the one other thing about this story that really bothered me and and we, the free speech issue, obviously, you you may be aware I consider myself a bit of a free speech enthusiast. I'm I'm sort of in favor. That was certainly a big thing. But the other part that really bothered me and Marianne already picked up on this in the troll room. So these people are we should have some of these people on the show. Maybe, they are you know, experts. Take a day off because these experts are really nailing it identified that the other thing that this is, is that Microsoft has, they're in a bit of a pickle. The The problem is that they have created a situation where people who are not Microsoft control servers. And when things happen on public Minecraft servers that Microsoft does not own or control, sometimes somebody will complain about it and go, oh, Minecraft is toxic. Microsoft cannot handle that. That is the scariest thing that could possibly happen from their perspective because it could hit their bottom line. So what they need to do and what this is, is an attempt by Microsoft to exert control over servers they do not own that are operated, owned, maintained, and paid for by a third party. Microsoft is coming out and saying, we want to enforce our morality, our terms of service on a person, even though we're not running the hardware that has the client. We're not running the hardware that has the server. We are not administering it. We're not paying for any of this, but it's our software. We are going to inject our morality into it. That's what Microsoft is doing. And so they are, uh, Murray Ann used the phrase centralized power grab. Well, they are it. trying to centralize the moderation of servers so that the server owner is no longer the person who gets to decide whether or not the uh, something is okay to chat on their server because it has a connection to them, so they have to control it. That's the that's the route of all this stuff. Ah. Microsoft wants the control, yes, to keep you from being able to say what you want to say because it might be offensive to somebody that. You didn't invite to uh, come play the game. I don't. So, care. do we have anybody who donated or to this show? <laughs> I mean, this come show. on, are you crazy? And let's well, remember. I, I am. That's why I. That's why I continue to ask, despite the answer always being the same. Let's remember this came in uh, before last week's show because uh, yeah, you, you oh yeah, well, I didn't go even do a donation segment last week because I wasn't going to. I mean, plus when Pro goes on, people are like, oh, I don't want my money going for that. Yeah. Nope. But we did um, the, the get, reason I ask, and I'm all go ahead and be front, up front with this. Um, I just got a nosebleed, and uh -oh. I need to step away so that I'm not bleeding on my keyboard or 
or holding my uh, tissue up to my nose and sounding suddenly like somebody else. Can you imagine what Microsoft would do if you bled into their keyboard? That will not be allowed. You will be repeatedly punched in the face until the bleeding stops. That's how we do it right here on Grumpy Old Bands, where we are, in fact, a value for value podcast, which means we put the shows out there. They're not behind a firewall. They're not behind a paywall. They're not behind anything. They're just there. And you get to decide if you've gotten any value out of them whatsoever. And we hope that you do get some value out of the show. If so, you can go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. Click that donate button for a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses. If you want to do the crypto thing, you can even go over to patreon.com slash grumpyoldbenz. If you're in that ecosystem and you want to contribute there, we have a P.O. box. Thank you for going way, way up in price. Thank you, U.S. Postal Service, because, you know, there's nothing that means that any more that they love us all than charging exorbitant prices for a little box inside a post office. But I digress. We can also go the podcasting 2.0 route if you have that ability. And if you don't, you can go to newpodcastapps.com, get all of the information, and then you can boost, send some sats our way, which we have. But first and foremost, our buddy Tom Tom came in with $25, even though this was the first time in either a very long time. It's, I, I don't know if this has ever happened before. He tried to send us $25 via the donate button through PayPal and PayPal went, yeah, something seems weird here. We're going to hold on to the money for a little while before it clears. And it may be because of the note. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who, who, who's stealing our paycheck? Yeah. PayPal. Tom Those Tom bitches. Yeah. Tom Tom came in with 25 bucks. It was the first one in a long time that I got the notification. It's like, Hey, somebody's sending you money, but yeah, we're not giving it to you right away. It, see, I got that all the time for about the first six months of my angry tech news, PayPal. And then it kind of went away after they realized maybe I'm not scamming. Maybe they're like, why would would anybody want to send you money for this show? I just don't understand. Yeah, that might have been the other thing is they're like, you know, it's not (laughs) worth holding this because nobody's sending money anyway. Yeah, we don't get it. But he included a note uh, with the $25, which is very much appreciated because that's a big executive producer on today's show. He says, hello, is this the CSB chat? (laughs) See, there you go. You mentioned CSB and the AI at PayPal was like, what is this CSB? We oh. know CSB. It's probably the same thing as when you send a, a PayPal note that says the, you know, this is, uh, we are, we are here. Hashtag America near our hashtag target. Right. right. Uh, well, I mean, or who knows what PayPal thinks CSB means? What else can CSB mean that they're like, wait, what is CSB chat? What is, is this some kind of div- <laughs> sub- subversive? Uh, and it may be, I'm sure. I don't know. It sounds like, sounds like some kind of hacker. The best answer for the acronym CSB will win a prize. Just let us know what CSB stands for. I figure a CSB is either uh, uh, some kind of a hacking exploit or it's a variety of beer. Either one works. Could be both. But Tom Tom says could be using both. Love you guys. It's one of the podcasts. I listen every podcast from I'm almost done with a hundred or so. There are a hundred or so more to go. So if this is two twelve, oh, it's he, only downhill from there. He's it's another one where he's so he's back and a little bit further behind, but listening to every show and valiantly trying to catch up. I mean, on the bright side, if the donations keep going this way, Tom Tom, by the time you catch up, all the shows will be gone. 
because we won't have any more support and the show will be dead as a doornail. But we appreciate yeah. your support. He says, uh, greetings, Tom from Hengelo, the Netherlands, a.k.a. Tom Tom. And he's over on uh, No Agenda Social. And we appreciate that, Tom Tom. I hope you hear this episode before like 15 years from now or whatever it's going to take. This this reminds me a lot of uh, a series of donations we had. We were on maybe show 150 or so from uh, Dame Rhett. Yes. And uh, I'm starting on episode one. She refused to listen to the current shows. She was listening to old shows. So we would on episode 150, we would get a a donation says something like, I really liked what you said back in episode 47. Right. right. (laughs) We're like, we haven't said anything as good since. But we keep trying. But beyond the, uh, the the donation from Tom Tom, we do have two boostograms from our buddy Murray N, who has been giving us all sorts of good information in the troll room. He has sent uh, two different he, fifty thousand Satoshis, us, so that's a hundred thousand Satoshis. He's giving us time, talent, and treasure. Yes, a hundred thousand Satoshis. CCSB, that is a real donation. None of these fifteen thousand thirty three. Although I greatly appreciate it because CSB comes in. Are you suggesting that that is almost enough to purchase an ad? Almost. But at least CSB, to be fair, over on a Planet Rage, because he he doesn't like that you won't read the ad, so he won't send us any more money here. But he at least comes in on every show. So I'll give CSB credit for that. He comes in on every show. And if everybody would come in with like three bucks for every show that they listen to, man, we'd be doing great. But this is over 20 bucks from Murray, and we greatly appreciate it. He says, can't figure out how to boost the live show, so I'll boost the last one. And then the second one just says, for me, here's some more. And we appreciate that. That's through Fountain. To do it live, you have to do it through, I don't know if Fountain, I'm guessing maybe Fountain can do it. Okay, dumb question, because I really don't pay attention. Do we even publish a live item tag? Yes. Okay. That we do. We go live. We go lit. So if you're using uh, Podverse, if you're using Curiocaster and a few others, or maybe just those two, those are the two I know for sure. They will give you the bat signal, as Adam Curry likes to call it, to let you know the show is about to go live. And we do publish the live tag when we go live. And it is a little bit different. So that's the the reason why. Uh, although this time he must have boosted the second one live because I don't know. I, you know, I guess we the. Uh, the boost bot is in all of them, I guess. So that wouldn't, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But we do have a live tag. And if you have a podcasting I'm, 2.0 app, we take all your Satoshis. I'm looking at the live tag right now. And uh, I, I know this is the geeky programmer part of me, but I'm finding it fascinating. The live item, it's a, uh, well, at the moment, I just downloaded. Uh, status is ended, but start time was an hour and a half ago, and end time is still in the future. So. <laughs> Well, it should say live right now. It says live. I mean, unless the RSS feed didn't uh, update correctly. Well, which- it's I'm, I'm wondering if we're cached or something. Actually, no. You know what? This is not say ended. I'm definitely looking at a cache because I just realized the start time 2023 Yeah, it's old. Yeah, that's an older one. That's that's two weeks ago. <laughs> We's live right now, believe it or not. Yeah, well, I'm apparently not getting the current version. That is the one issue with all of this podcasting 2.0 stuff is that it is still a work in progress. It does not work perfectly for everybody at all times. And you still have to jump through some hoops to make it work the way it, that it sounds you like it there's there's still some issues to be. It, it turns out that the product is not finished. Yes, they're, it, they're still working on it. But the fact that it works to this rate, even 
is amazing. Yeah. I, the, the fact that people can can boost and send fractions of a Bitcoin and they show up uh, in in my little readout on my node, which I should not say that because <laughs> Murray N's boost isn't showing up. Uh oh. <laughs> He's, the, yeah, he's like, I don't like that Memrose guy. Is your node yeah, off again? I, he might have just sent it to you. Sometimes the <laughs> nodes are off. And then that's the other problem yeah. is that you don't really know if things get there. So if you're going with larger amounts, you are kind of jumping into the abyss a little bit. Because you'd be like, hey, I sent you a hundred bucks. And it's like, well, it didn't get here. Then yeah. It's kind of in the ether at that point. And, and PayPal is way more uh, re- uh, reliable. In, because, in one way. Uh, well, in one way, unless, of course, they decide that you're a terrorist and then it doesn't get there. So actually, you know what? It's exactly the same. Terrorist, Republican. It's all the same to them. They don't well, know. The, a difference. Those are the those are the same picture, according to the law enforcement these days. This At is why. The, oh, you know what? We also uh, have a check. I forgot. Shoot a kooky with his uh, 10 bucks. I have to add him to the list here, too, because he comes in with a monthly check for a bunch of the shows that I do. So I got to add shoot a kooky. But we thank him. I've got the check sitting right here. Just forgot to add it to the uh, to the list. But we greatly appreciate, it, except for the fact that the PO box just renewed and went up in price. We appreciate everybody coming in via the PO box because then there is no percentage that goes to anybody else, and there is no way that people can keep your money from getting to us. Your donation gets fully to us every penny. You just and as of yet, Google and Microsoft have not figured out a way to filter that. Well, they'll fi- they'll try. I'm sure they will. They are going or, to try. Or Microsoft will just decide to uh, ban your podcast account. You know, that is probably the greatest thing about podcasting. You don't have to have an account. Yes. <laughs> There's, I, it's, Adam said the other day, and I totally agree with this. Podcasting is one of the last true decentralized systems. There is no central authority. For, for a long time, you could almost argue that Apple was a central authority. But they're not anymore. There is no central authority who controls podcasting. And that is a huge feature. I'm not going to go into a full rant about why decentralization is the only possible way to have a real free society. But you know it. Hey, if you can't be canceled, you're always going to be out there, which is beautiful. And you can't get that on YouTube, even though YouTube is a great resource. People get a lot of viewers. They can make a lot of money, but you can also be shut off. Rumble, maybe is the video equivalent, but it hasn't been around long enough to me to be very comfortable to build a brand on rumble. But the whole point to decentralization is not, Oh, YouTube is bad because it's centralized. So go to this other platform, right? The point of decentralization is YouTube is bad. Here are 300 other platforms, all of which can provide you the service and which one you choose is entirely up to you. And no single one can control the market. Right. It just grabs your content and gets it where you want it to go. You know, I, I personally am kind of a fan of no agenda tube. Hey, is that still a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I also don't post videos. Right. So there you go. <laughs> We're all very happy about that because the robe and that yes. opens up and the cat and it, it gets very. And you would have so many pussy shots. It would get very, very messy. Although that might be your uh, exit strategy. People like we're going to donate for that. But if you want to donate, go to grumpy old Ben's slash donate. We hope to read your name on an upcoming episode where you can then be a qualified expert of the no agenda show. We only have one guru so far. That is the one and only Jay Finley. He is the guru of grumpy old Ben's cold acid was well on his way, but I don't think he's uh, 
donated since we no, came he, back. He decided he hates the show. I don't. Yeah, I don't know why. Is it that we keep telling people not to listen I, to I, Rare Encounter? Spending all, all his time playing Oblivion could be, or it could just be we keep telling uh, people Rare Encounter sucks. And and for for the record, I don't think OnlyFans is a viable uh, exit strategy because, and I don't know if you saw this article. Um, I didn't go too deep into it, but apparently, uh, the OnlyFans and and especially some of the uh, top end streamers are seeing uh, a decrease in the payments to the streamers that they are blaming on uh, the readily available AI generated porn. Oh, see, AI is changing everything. Now, I'm skeptical. Because frankly, if it, the porn doesn't have to be AI generated, if you don't want to pay for porn, it's readily available. It's it's not something that you. I, I've always thought that the OnlyFans business model was extremely fragile, based on the simple fact that um, it's the internet. You don't have right. to pay for porn. The only reason people pay for porn on OnlyFans is because they want to, and that's very fickle. Right. Well, it's just like the uh, value for value model. We have noticed, obviously, no agenda has noticed recently that the amount of donations has gone down. The economy sucks. Guess what? People donate less. It's going to no, happen. No, I heard last night that the, the, the some old guy was telling me that the economy is doing great and it's his fault. The, the economy is yeah, no problem. At all. He's fixed. That's pretty much what Joey said was he's fixing all the problems that that previous guy caused, you know? Yeah. I pointed this out and everybody should listen and it'll be dropping this afternoon because while this show is rendering, I'll be uploading my random R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts one. And at one point, Joey actually came out with a stat during the speech last night that said the black and Hispanic communities unemployment is at near record lows. <laughs> and I'm like, do you know when it was at the lowest? During the last guy, which means yeah. you're bringing out something that says I fucked it up. I was going to say how to lie with statistics. Uh-huh. Exactly. It's like but you're you're coming out and saying that these are at an almost near almost all-time low, but yeah, you didn't mention that the all-time low was when you took office. Was was 3 years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's amazing the kind of stuff in that fact, are in these speeches. In fact, if I recall, um pretty much the best that the economy has ever been in the last 40 years in pretty much as long as I've been around the best the economy has ever been was kind of right before the globalists came in and decided to put their knee on its neck for nine minutes. I mean, three years. Well, yes. With lockdowns and fake diseases. Yes. Well, yeah. Before COVID this uh, economy was flying. You can say a lot of bad things about Donald Trump because I will agree with a lot of them. One thing he understood was how to run the economy. Well, what? that's because he's a businessman. And the way he tried to run the economy was not to fuck with it. Right. So it's like, wait, this everybody benefits. It's, it's something that like people in Washington, D.C. cannot comprehend this because because, of course, it's their livelihood to not comprehend it is that economies do pretty damn well. They they have an exponential network effect. The larger the economy the large, the faster it grows, except when you do things like slam on the brakes with, uh, well, the first thing is, is any kind of tax, right. any kind of drain on economic activity, regulations, every single government action serves to slow down and harm the economy. So 
what did the last guy do? He removed a lot of restrictions that were slowing down the economy and it just sped up on its own. He didn't speed it up. He didn't make the economy faster. He got out of the way and the economy does it on its own. Yeah. And he, these deals that were made with foreign countries were to help the American economy, not punish it. Yeah. He did not go out of his way to punish the people. And when you start going, well, we're going to fucking get these billionaires. You mean the ones that are employing everybody and their companies are employing everybody. Another one of the economy destroying moves he did was to not start any new wars overseas. Yeah, well, this is also true. Donald Trump, remember, he was going to be the warmonger, but no. Yeah, then then okay. Joey got in and I digress. We could go on for hours. Do you have any, we could. anything else? Did the nosebleed stop? Is that good? Are you going to live? Um, the, yes, it stopped. It, it's this happens during the winter. It gets uh, dry. Especially. Yeah, it's very dry in this room. It's actually quite cold in this room because I'm stubborn and don't start the stove unless somebody tells me to. Well, of course, if you start the stove, that just sucks all of that moisture right out of the air. Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, I have a five gallon stock pot that permanently lives on top of the stove that's filled with water. And so it that just when the stove off. gets that hot, makes it, sense. Yeah, it actually I, I really like the idea. Um, it's a yeah, built in anyway, humidifier. That's that's the idea. And, um, yeah, it sort of works, but still I get real dry air in the winter. So that happened. Have you ever thought about moving someplace more hospitable to human beings? Uh, you mean like a, a red state? <laughs> yeah, red, blue, Mexico, <laughs> Syria, wherever. I mean, yeah, you never know. So, so somewhere the fuck away from J effing Inslee. Yeah. And I want to get away from, uh, our buddy, the, uh, the Pritzker man. But I could yeah. just go to Indiana. Indiana seems like a much more sane state. But I'm kind of hoping I, Pritzker gets to be president. That way, the guy that comes in can't be any worse, right? I didn't get. I didn't happen to ask you. Uh, but uh, was it last week? Um, the, a court actually got something right and shot down Pritzker's law. Yes, which they're like, no, no, that new gun law. Which is why that's the other thing that set me off with Joey telling the story of uh, the Chinese guy. That was a hero for taking down the gunman where he's like, the guy was pointing a semi-automatic pistol at him. It's like, so you mean a gun? When you say semi-automatic pistol, what's <laughs> yeah. the point? So, so that as opposed to it wasn't a revolver. Well, that is still a semi-automatic pistol. Oh yeah, it is. Okay. So, so I mean, it wasn't a breech loader. Right. This is the only thing that's not a semi-automatic pistol would be something that you have one bullet at a time in and no handgun is like that. A six shooter. Like, uh, you know, the Lone Ranger War is technically a semi-automatic You're gun. right. Yeah. Even a revolver is. Yeah. Okay. So explain it, it, that one to me when you're like, it's a semi-automatic. Well, yeah, they all are. <laughs> so why well, are you saying because, it? Because he wants to scare Democrats who have absolutely no fucking clue the terms of how guns work or what they look like. Uh-huh. That's why that's why the phrase assault weapon, right. which means literally nothing is so scary to the people who are permanently afraid of guns. They're like, oh, it's not just a weapon. It's an assault weapon. When you hear semi-automatic assault weapon, what they're describing is every gun made in the last 150 years. I mean, you know, the, my, my laptop next to me is an assault weapon if I assault you with it. <laughs> well, the cats better watch out then. If I throw my cat at you, that cat becomes an assault weapon. Assault pussy. See, now there would be a good show title. Assault pussy. It would be okay. <laughs> so I have 
two stories left. Um, we don't have to get to both because we're about out of time. But uh, I've got Apple and Broadcom versus Caltech, which is a court case. You know what? That'll hold. Um, the other one I have is much more entertaining. Uh, is a company called Do Not Pay. Do Are you not familiar pay? with this one? No. Yes. Okay, so Do Not Pay is a, uh, a Silicon Valley startup. What a surprise that I would talk about that. Um, that has two main types of services that they provide, as far as I can tell. Um, one is uh, they are they made a big splash a couple of years ago. Uh, with coming up with the idea of having an AI lawyer. Um, the idea being, well, lawyers are expensive. And if you want to do some really simple things that need a lawyer, you don't have to pay them hundreds of dollars. Just come pay us dozens of dollars. And they have an AI do it. Well, this kind of uh, makes the, sense. Like if you're doing a will or something, you're like, just punch in a few things. It'll ask you a few questions and then punch it, out the paperwork. It absolutely makes sense. It absolutely sounds like a pretty good idea. There are a lot of things that you don't need the services of a full-on lawyer for. You just need somebody who kind of has a clue what the hell they're doing. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of legal forms and things that are boilerplate, and you need to make sure you've got the right boilerplate and all the right boxes are checked. And, and you know, it would take three minutes of a lawyer's time. If you filled it out and then they looked over it and said, yeah, you did this right. You did this right. You need to fill this in. You need to change this. Okay, fine. Well, this is a service where you don't even need to hire a lawyer because even going out and finding a lawyer for most people, what a pain in the butt. Okay. So like the idea, the services that they offer are to appeal parking tickets, uh, to protect your copyright, to create a power of attorney, file a small claim suit, uh, to fill out standard legal documents. Uh, to file neighbor complaints, um, stalking and harassment, wait, which wait. is literally how it's put on there. I don't know <laughs> if that means you're complaining about stalking and harassment or if you need to help help stalking. I'm yes. not sure. Yes. If you need to stalk and harass somebody, we can help you. Um, consent for child travel, workplace discrimination. Uh, again, not sure if they're which side they're planning on offering, but uh, HR complaints, uh, defamation demand letters and divorce settlements. So wait, you're demanding somebody defame you? It might be. I, I, in fact, demand that everybody defame me. It's it's kind of why I come on this show. Well, I like where it says so, things you can do with do not pay. One of them is sue anyone. So, okay, Murray N., I have no name. Baron Spud the Mighty. <laughs> I'm suing all of you. No agenda millennial. Boost bottom coming after you, too. Just sue anyone. So, uh, Catherine Tucson who, uh, as far as I can tell, is a lawyer and happens to be active on Twitter, got a a bug up her butt about these guys being fraudsters or uh, not uh, not being on the level. Um, this is, was an article that Catherine wrote in TechDirt. I don't know if, if Catherine is a regular contributor to that site. I haven't don't recognize the name. More likely a guest contributor, but I was very happy she did this write-up. It was a fairly long one in TechDirt. Um, her conclusion, by the way, is that the AI lawyer is not a lawyer. And it might not even be AI. It may not even be anything. Yeah. So she took and went, uh, decided to use their service to do a couple of things that she knows how to do just to find out. Ooh, that's and an I don't interesting know if she case. billed herself $300 an hour, but <laughs> probably um, file a demand letter was one of the services that she chose. And her only real comment to that was you don't file letters. You just send them. True. But, um, 
The service created a demand letter, which was literally just boilerplate. It she clicked on it and it had her go through what was effectively a wizard on the web page. Yeah, it's a mad asked asked for a bunch of details, your name, what why you think you're demanding, what you're demanding, who you're, etc. And it just mad libbed them, dumped all of it into the boilerplate and dumped it out. Um that document, by the way, she said cost her $36 because they don't have a, a per document fee. They have a uh, they say $18 a month, but they charge for two months at a time. So the absolute minimum is you have to buy two months worth of their service for $36 in order to do this. OK, fine. But she already had the account and tried. OK. Um, oh, and by the way, the the demand letter. Did not, and this, this might be a little suspicious, did not come out immediately. They said, okay, um, this is going to go into our queue. We should have that to you in about an hour. So either that was waiting for the CPU time to generate, yeah. or they actually needed a human being to do something. I was going to say, is there AI running on a Commodore 64? Maybe. Is that what's going on here? It could be. It's save funds. Or, or is there... Or is there a person somewhere in the pipeline? There could be somebody yet yeah, doing the uh, spot checking of these things to make sure there's something not totally messed up. But it seems like and, maybe it still was. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's just somebody spot checking the boilerplate. It's boilerplate. It's a template. It's it, it's it's a Mad Lib. OK, you know, maybe. OK, so she tried a divorce settlement uh, trying to figure out what it, what would it do for that? Um, the AI said that it would be ready in eight hours. Um, the divorce settlement, they actually, uh, you know, trying to build a divorce settlement has, is a lot more complicated. Catherine explains, cause I don't know, uh, because there are a lot of different state laws that apply, uh, your location counts to determine what laws, et cetera. She said that the eight hours is about how long it would take if she wanted to research a divorce settlement in an arbitrary place somewhere in the U S and send a paralegal out to start doing the research on local laws to make sure that they had all the right regulations. They said eight hours is about right for that. If you had a paralegal do it. Okay. Um, she also tried a, a defamation letter, which said it would take another hour. Um, by the way, when the timers ran out on those, uh, the site flipped over to, instead of a progress bar, it flipped over to a clock that just said it would take more time. Um, <laughs> The article was written two days later and her letters were not available. Wow. Yeah. Um, we're not done yet. Sorry. <laughs> so her conclusion to this story, which I'll go ahead and quote because I liked it, was let me be. Uh, she was talking about the, the demand letter in particular when she finally got it. Uh, let me be clear. This is a terrible demand letter. Absolutely terrible. Useless or worse than useless. If an actual attorney saw this. She would instantly know that the sender was unsophisticated, unrepresentative, or unrepresented, and gullible as fuck. Those would be my favorite kind of customers, though. Yeah, if, if you're the attorney on the other side, right. you're like, okay, they don't have an attorney. They have no clue what they're doing, and they'll accept whatever. I, uh, great. My favorite kind. Yeah. Let me but, uh, refer to the case uh, Bemrose versus Bemlet in uh, the Seattle Superior Court to show that you owe me $5 million. But in theory, if if you are the one hiring do not pay to write up your legal correspondence, you don't want them working for opposing counsel. You would you would really ideally like them to be doing things better for you. But yes. that doesn't seem what's happening here. I bet you chat GPT right out of the box is better than do not pay. It might be. 
Okay, so here was another article, and this is the only reason why I brought it up, was I was reading Tech Dirt, and I read about this Do Not Pay, and I'm like, that's interesting. Uh, two days later, another article from Do Not Pay comes up. This one from Mike Madnick, who I happen to know is the founder of Tech Dirt, so he writes there a few often enough. Um, but he is talking about Do Not Pay's other major service, which uh, they use an AI to do. Uh, that is, Do Not Pay offers a service to help you cancel subscriptions. Oh, well, that's help, helpful for a lot of people. Uh, again, this sounds like something the world needs, because yes. as you are aware, corporations love when people sign up. They make it really easy. One click on a website, you know, re- click this confirmation email if you care. And by the way, give us a credit card and we're already charging you. Great. Signing up. Always easy. Canceling. Oh, my God. Yes. There's. In, in fact, Europe has on uh, multiple occasions, most recent of which I think was the GDPR, made laws that say if you can sign up by a website, you also have to be able to cancel via website. That's Why did they have to make that law? Yeah. <laughs> Why did they have to make that law? Because companies were making it so incredibly difficult. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't cancel. Oh, we're having they still do this, by the way. You're, we're having trouble with our system. Could you call a customer service rep? They companies have entire departments called retention. Yeah. You say the word cancel into the phone. They send you to a retention person whose only job is to talk you out of canceling. And if you have most services and you, if you don't really want to cancel, but you just want a much better price, that's still the way to go. Yeah. The retention guy is totally the person to go to if you want a better price. Uh-huh. But okay. So do not pay offers a service where they want to help you cancel subscription. You subscribe to their service. Um, they will help you, quote, fight corporations or beat bureaucracy, according to their website, uh, in order to get other services canceled. And uh, there have been anecdotes. I don't know the data per se about how they are actually able to do it. Uh, more importantly, if you sign up for the service, they let you into a secret page that has a very long list of articles that you could probably get out of a search engine that say, if you want to cancel at this company, then click the, you know, call up this number and press zero at this prompt and then make sure that you insist. Okay. You could probably get that from somewhere else. Do not pay, puts them all in one place and charges you for it. Okay. Silicon Valley business model. Fine. But here's the fun part. Uh, somebody named Sasha something on, uh, on Twitter. This all comes from Twitter. So, you know, it has to be true, right? Um, said that she noticed she was charged for the last y- several years has been charged $3 a month. I do not pay for many, many years, which by the way, does add the question. What exactly is do not pay's price? Is it $3 a month? Is it $18 a month? If uh, they were charging ago, $3 a month for some point that you not realize you were still paying this or what? I don't know. Okay. So she says, I have ADHD. It's possible that I signed up and don't remember it. I, I, I don't think I signed up, but that sounds like the kind of thing I might do. I don't know. <laughs> See, this but, is a great, this is the customer I want here at Grumpy yeah, Old Beds yeah. too. So this, yeah, this is a very reliable source, by the way, which is why I, I'm totally crediting Twitter for this. Um, she may have signed up, but She's like, I don't use this service. I don't think I've ever used this service. I just want to cancel. She, she goes to their website and looks for the cancel button. Guess what? No cancel button. No cancel button. That's ironic. Okay. They, she emailed customer support. Um, three days go by. And then Quinn from customer support, according to the name, said, okay, your account is canceled. That was July. 
of 2022. Still getting charged? Still getting charged every <laughs> month. $3. Well, you know, you could go to your credit card company, uh, Chloe, or whatever. Which her is name exactly was. the first place I would go. You know, if you don't have a cancel button on your website, your ass is getting charged back. Sorry. Make it easier. Uh, apparently instead, instead of going to her credit card company, uh, Sasha, Sasha, sorry, went to Twitter on Twitter. Totally uh, reasonable. Catherine Tucson, who from the previous do not pay story made a stink because she has got a hard on for this company and really thinks that they're sketchy and loves when, okay, fine. Right. Um, Confirmation bias. Yeah, a little bit, but that doesn't matter. She made a stink. And uh, despite the fact that after her previous story, she is blocked by the owner of the company and the customer service Twitter account of the company because of the previous article, 27 minutes after she posted, Sasha received an email from the president of the company saying, Oh, we're sorry. This was a mistake, but it turns out that you had two accounts. The other one is being, is, is being canceled now too. If there were two accounts, why wasn't she being charged six charged a twice? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we don't know. Wow. Um, so yeah, short version. Uh, these people offer you uh, legal documents, but they're crap. And they offer you uh, an AI service that allows you to cancel subscriptions with other companies. In my notes, in my notes, the header for this one right above the URL, do not pay becomes the thing that it's set out to destroy. That's deep, man. (laughs) This is the problem with the lot. And it really is. It's just mad libs of, hey, put this in and then we'll spit out a really bad. It it doesn't even sound like AI. It sounds like mad libs. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, it's the same kind of AI that I wrote in 1993 when I was first learning to program in basic. and. And there was a template string that I prompted using the input command in basic for a string variable said, you know, please enter your name, please enter your birth. Okay. And then ultimately spit out a document that says you, Ryan, were born in 1962 or 1901 or, you know, whatever. It seems so high tech at the time, didn't it? And that was AI. That was cutting edge at the time. It's, it's It's filling out a template. It's learning a little more now, but this is why y'all come and listen to us because we will tell you what's going on, how to find out the scams, what apps to avoid, all of them. That's what you're here for. And we'll be back again next week on Wednesday for another fun and exciting edition of the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac, right? Suggest using do not pay to cancel your grumpy old Ben subscriptions, but you know, there are none. (laughs) And from America's left coast, where we've been bringing you state of the art AI podcasters since 2019. I'm Ryan Bimrose.